You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. Yo, so uh, I got my homie Brandon from Third Gen Family Farms. Randomly on some uh, Simply Solvent list came to grab some material for me. He's going to wash and he was like, yo, Brandon's in town from Third Gen. He told me to tell you what's up. And I was like, for real? And he was like, he was like yeah, I'm going to go meet him right now and, have, and have, uh, have lunch and get some seeds from him. And I was like, fuck, bro, that's fucking rad. I want, I'm, I'm going, you know what I mean? I got to go say what's up to the homies. So. And then we got to do a show randomly, which is like, I wanted to get you on when I started doing the show, obviously, because you're a legend. And uh, uh, I didn't think that I was going to be able to, I was like, I'm going to have to get the gear and go up there and like, like do it up on the farm or something. I didn't know I'd get you in LA to at the he studio. Actually, so he dope. actually asked me about getting mobile equipment. Yeah. Just because, to get to people like you, you know what I'm saying? Because I wanted that, that to like, come down here. Exactly. Yeah, right. You know what right. I'm saying? To go up that's north right. and be like the people that I respect and care about in the industry and the, you know, the, the taste, the real, the real tastemakers. You know what I mean? So it's dope to have you on. Um, I appreciate you coming in. And appreciate I'm smoking all sushi. the kind words, man. You know, um, not every day do I get to play third gen family. So when I do get to put on the hat, it's something special. You know that's I mean? badass, so, bro. Yeah. And uh, today's a blessed day because you got some good news as well. Man. Congrats on that. Yeah, thank you, big dog. That, yeah. I'm happy to be there for that moment of like, I, I knew from how excited you got when that thing yeah. ended that like, I was like, this is a big deal, bro. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I seen the true joy and like that coming together. That's a moment. You know, that's dope. I was glad to, to see that. Yeah, you know, um, three years in the making, it's it's been... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, trying to get this nursery off the ground in Mendocino County, the home of of uh, the award-winning Skittles, uh, all the varieties, the breeding grounds where we've done all of our, um, our we had an indoor facility. We used to have three little in, uh, indoor breeding rooms. We had a hash lab there. We used to do everything on the property. And with legalization came, we had to go and get other pieces of land and actually... Um, uh, reach out further and spread out and so this piece of property our original piece of property coincidentally took the longest to get licensed and and going you know we had to deal with fish and wildlife and the whole struggle and so you know as as you know being in this game is is like a roller coaster 100 and and if you go in this game for for any distance of time you're going to experience all types of stuff everything and you try to plan for everything and you try to do the best you can but you know, life throws the corkscrew at you. Yeah. You just got to roll with it. And so it took three years, um, but our nursery is finally live. We're um, proud to say that we uh, still do everything in-house. We're vertical as we can be. We still grow, process, uh, make hash mm-hmm. um, out of our own varieties. We have Moonshine Melts is also live on the market. Yep. Um, and we have six varieties. I was telling you earlier today, you know what I mean? And uh, to have hash rosin of strains that you've bred and grown and you know i can say that single these, source a single these source six strains that we're the only ones in the state of california have these varieties yeah you know and so um that makes me feel real good you it's know amazing. I mean, it's a lot of hard work and it's sure it's like you said before you told me it's it's your land too it's my land man. it's yeah yeah and it's like that's that validation of like all of this emotion that goes into that and you know all the work that's been put into we it's just amazing. slaughtered 70 chickens yeah you're you know? telling me and That's dope. The chicken meat's real, amazing. Yeah, real, real life, real, real foods, real, you yeah. know, things that were cared for. Because we know that 
in uh, society today. Things are getting, yeah. you know. These chickens were called Freedom Rangers, and they, they ranged the land, and they forage. And, um, they had good lives. They had good lives. You exactly. Know? And, um, That's the most important thing, yeah, I think. When, when, we, when we took these chickens yeah. down, um, uh, they, they, we said a prayer for them. You know, and every time we eat, we say something and we good. thank them, you know, for the nourishment in our body. Exactly. And when we grow it from our land, just like the plants, and we consume this, it's all single source. It's all the cleanest that you're that's, ever going to get, you know? Yeah, that's, what's, that's what real life, that's what getting back to real world, real life things. And, and like you said, the appreciation of that, us yeah. being in a, this balanced circle of life and, and, and appreciating and recognizing it. You know what I'm saying? The natives were, were known for, uh, for appreciating everything that they did. You know what I mean? Oh, everything yeah. was a very spiritual, like, oh, yeah. like transference. And we well, know, all you know, the, all the seasons, you can call you it whatever know. you want. Yep. The, the gods, the angels of this, the, the vibes, the, everybody got a different way of, of going about it. But that appreciation for life is like that care that's taken into it is, is everything, bro. That's it, man. That's yeah. that's real stuff. Yeah, so I come down here, and it's a different vibe. You it know? is a totally different vibe, and especially yeah. right now, we were talking about that, too. The vibes are uh, very off in L.A. There's a lot of, like, think about this. So there's this this road. It's the two freeway coming down from Glendale down into downtown, and uh, there's a little section called Eagle Rock and then coming into, like, Silver Lake, and on the two right there, you have coming down the hill, you have a really, one of the best views of downtown Los Angeles that you'll ever get, and there's this, like, it, people would call it call it haze or like a, a smog or something, but it's energy, bro. You can see like an energy cloud because the city is so massive and there's so many thoughts and all this shit that like, that's what I equate it to when I see it. I said, that's LA's like, that's the energy trapped right there from oh, all yeah. of this stuff and all these people, you know what I mean? So yeah, we were talking about how the vibes are different down here. Since the pandemic, it has been much more tense. There's all this like political gangbanging going on that we see and we're all, we're all, you know, happening at all times and all of these causes. And, it's disgusting. And, and it's really sad. You know, it's really not, you know, what we envision, what we want to see. You know, mm -hmm. it's not. Um, when I was in Spain, I happened to be throwing the ego clash in Spain this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wanted while to come I was out over there. there Trump. Um, I remember. remember? He, yeah. he announced the travel ban. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, he came out and said, oh, you know, um, at all American citizens can come back. But for a while, he said at Friday, midnight or whatever, yeah. everybody's cut off. I remember being like so, on the fence about going. And then I remember, I remember that happening <laughs> when you guys were out there. And I was like, fuck, bro. I was glad you didn't come. Yeah. Because, you know, to be honest, I was one of the last Americans out. I flew out on Sunday. Yeah. How was that experience? It was wild, man. I bet you it was know, panic. Chaos and panic. And I, I mean, was talking about is that things that have never happened before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You talk about that energy you feel yeah. over the city. In Barcelona, you felt the energy. When yeah. all food shut down, people were starting to riot, and I was filming it over food yeah. in the grocery stores. Yeah. And then um, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was amazing something to see. You know, the uh, the place where I was staying actually told me to leave. They told me that you I had to go. go to the airport. You got to go. You got to go somewhere else. Your Airbnb were cutting you off. Straight up. I couldn't even stay for at, like— At the place that you paid for yes, to stay. Yes. Yeah. I had luckily had a friend's— um, that had a club, Dank Grass, that let me yeah. stay on their couch for like Fuck, a day and a half. No shit. And then I, I, we flew out, you know, but um, wow, it was an experience. So, so this, the beginning of your pandemic was definitely, definitely a, a tense experience yeah, for Spanibus this I year. I had the lady kicking me in the shorts about going in the first place. How did place, the event go? Then, How did Eagle Clash go? It went perfect. To yeah. be honest, it went off without a hitch. I was so surprised. When I showed up to Spain, I had my mask on and I was like, 
you know, with my gloves. I brought the whole suit, uh, rubbing alcohol, yeah. and I brought gloves and everything, and I flew with the mask. And then when I got there, I was surprised to see that everybody in Spain was just mellow. Yeah. And they weren't even tripping on the uh -huh. pandemic at all. And I'm like, and, and my friends were like, put the mask away, put the mask away. Because they look like a weirdo. You look like a weirdo. You yeah. know what I mean? You're, exactly. you're panic, making the people panic, right? Yeah. Put it away. And so I put the mask away. And not only like uh, 24 hours later, we did the ego clash that next day. It was about 24 or 36 hours later. Um, Trump did the announcement, shut the travel ban. Everybody had masks. Masks were sold out. And so what we were experiencing in America was a precursor to what was going on basically over there. Yeah. And so I kind of like felt like I dragged that over there. Yeah. You know what I mean? In a sense, Fuck. I was like, oh, my God, it's following me, you know? Yeah. Like, so it, it was in, it's been an experience, you know, for the cannabis industry, though, this year. It's been a, a good year, you know, to yeah. be honest, if you're a farmer this year in 2020, you cannot complain. I don't think we if can say that this one, the, it's one for the small guys. And I think also yeah. is this is that I had I was talking to somebody else on the show about it as well is that this year is the first year. Even, like, even when we were uh, at a at the Vegas convention, like this is the first year walking around as a cultivator or a small brand or business that like we felt comfortable and didn't feel like we were going to get swallowed by the rest of these sharks that were floating around everywhere. Actually felt like you a had more, your machismo back. A lot more black t-shirts and hats and a lot less suits. And, and then they were they were kind of nervous, it seemed yeah. like. like the, yeah, what the, are these guys working on over here? Exactly, at, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's glad to see that the, the culture gets back into the hands of the people that... I mean, I knew it always would because it's it's hard work, bro, and you have to care for it. You can't... This isn't something that you can succeed at without without trying hard and putting your effort into it. You know what I mean? Facts. So uh, long term, especially, you yeah. know, you can throw money at shit, but it doesn't mean it's going to work. Don't matter how much money you spend on a facility or anything else. If you don't have a good cultivator, a dude that knows how to run a show, then shit's going to be shit's going to be whack, bro. Hard work, dedication. Yeah. Um, you know, you got to have perseverance. You got to be going through the mud to get to the other side. Exactly. You know, this last couple years before this year have been pretty rough. Yeah. You know, and. We went through it all. A lot of changes. Yeah, a lot of changes. You know, yeah. they tried to drive everybody out. All right, so in Northern California, yeah. I said this years ago. I said, they're going to drive the price down. Mm -hmm. They're going to drive us out. Yep. They're going to swoop all the licenses and drive the price right back up again. Yeah, it's a grab. These are artificial. It's a grab. These are artificial um, uh, influxes and, and, and stuff like that. And these buyers, the middlemen coming up and doing all the buying, Mm -hmm. It became to be so many middlemen, mm -hmm. right, that when the drought finally hit, all these middlemen are gone now. They're because done. They're, they don't have a job no more. Uh, dude, so many of my so many of my people, I, I like, they're a customer, a customer, whatever. Everybody's moving work now. And it was for a minute when the price was so down here in the market, it was like a thing. And a lot of them, like, some of these guys would have access. Some of them were, like, straight uh, legit brokers. But some of them had access to work because they worked at spots, you know what I'm saying, or had access to the circles. You know how it goes, like yeah, anything else. And they would, they started making money, and I was just like, "Hey, dog, don't quit, don't quit showing up to work, cause you know what I mean. Don't let some something happen, and and you know, you ain't, you don't have access to the work anymore. You know what I mean. You gotta gotta keep your your hustle too, cause it could end at any moment. You know, the broker shit is like, you know, it's it's you know, you work hard cultivating and doing the thing that, that you know, the middleman's got to. Most of my buddies, and they'll tell you too, they bought a lot of Louis Vuitton shoes and belt buckles while they were doing that. Yeah. Or they bought pan bags or a nice car or something. Yeah. But that's about all that they got to show for it at the end of the day is a couple nice trinkets and something like that. Most yeah. of them didn't really utilize that middleman no, position. No, it's too and, easy. 
Yeah, it was too easy, and they it. didn't appreciate it. That's it. That's easy life. come, easy yeah. go. Yeah, I had some money when I was younger, obviously, for my career, and I was I was I was doing well, uh, hustling back then too. So I have experience with knowing like thinking that money's always gonna come fast and then it stops and also like knowing what you know what it takes to you know what i think though too is money comes from hard work it does you know i've come to realize that what i do pays me mm -hmm. if i do it it pays yeah if i don't do shit ain't nothing paying yeah you know what i mean so you gotta actually move and get out there and do stuff you gotta do For it these people that want to make Magic happens. Life doesn't like stagnant action, nah, bro. Dude, nothing happens if you're just gonna sit by and watch a hey, if you, screen and, and water or rot. If you leave it sitting there, that's what it is. It gotta <laughs> be moving, bro. This shit yeah. is, yo. All, all, everything in life is apparent and right in front of us. We're over here trying to to create all this weirdo shit, and it's really like these these laws of physics and these universal laws that are like we're all bound by on Earth here. It's like it's really simple shit. You if know you what just I'm pay attention a little bit, that's all you gotta do. Is I mean, right obviously, on the wall, you know. We obviously have like-minded and, and far out and have experienced things and, and, you know, using substances also brings you to a higher vibrational level, oh, yeah. I feel like. So we can see things differently, but, uh, you know, still learning every day. But you, you get it. Yeah. Always learning, man. Let's, uh, let's, talk about, uh, let's talk about Ego Clash because you were talking about Spain. Let's talk about how you started Ego Clash and, uh, and uh, how that came about. Okay. Um, it's the coolest because it's the coolest yeah. cannabis event. It's the real. It's Thank the real you. cup. You Thank know what I'm saying? You. And it's and it's the who's who of of the the real motherfuckers that really do this and really got firework and. Uh, it's an invitational. Yeah. So you, first off, you got to be invited. Exactly. <laughs> Let's start with that. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, the invitation that people want. Yeah. Because this it, is like the real show. This is the one. You know. Yeah. Um, we don't charge admission. We don't charge an entry fee. Yeah. You get your product back you at the end of the You can't buy this. Show. Let's you talk about that. You can't buy this. Uh, there's no money made. All the sponsors' uh, uh, donations go back to the show, putting on with the golf carts. With yeah, A bunch of golf carts with yeah. stickers all over them, and it's like a little race car show. And then um, we have a nice property that we rent that uh -huh. we do it on. Beautiful property. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's my um, it's my lender's property. Is it's it? the Fetzer family. Okay. Um, uh, Wendy Fetzer, she's a great lady. Um, she helps us every year with doing the show. We, yeah. we first did it at a house um, the night before an Emerald Cup had started, and we had Burner, and everybody came, and it was a big show, you know, and um, we were like, okay, you know, I was like, this is really um, the best competition. At that point, I knew that we had the true competition. Yeah. We had the culture. Uh, the, the culture. We had the, the, the competitors bringing their a game you're only allowed to bring one thing mm -hmm. you can't just put a bunch of entries in yeah you can't um anything like that it's judged by the competitors too mm -hmm. and so everybody gets to judge on an open platform in front of everybody's face yeah and at the end of the night we do an award ceremony in the cave and um you know the cave's crazy too <laughs> i'll be honest so people so the listeners uh so this cave is is uh how far is it from the front front to the back it's about 400 feet okay it's about 400 feet and it's like a big think of like a big uh train Train tunnel and it's Train tunnel, yeah. yeah and it's lit by it's lit by string lights yeah. down the middle and then it's got a big like greenhouse type fan blowing air into it because obviously air gets a little thin when you get back yeah when you have uh, 500 people in a yeah. tunnel yeah it's a, I mean it's it's damn near a panic attack waiting to happen because yeah. I'll tell you when I first got up there I was like <laughs> I wouldn't go all the way back to You're the like, back I, I had to work my way back, back to the end yeah. of the tunnel because I was like damn it's smoky as fuck 
I'm just kind of tripping Can me I out. Breathe? I'm high as yeah. hell. <laughs> Will I be able to breathe back there with all these people? Yeah, it's not so. for the it's not for the faint of heart, but it's badass, and I'm glad I did. And when I got back to the end of the tunnel, you basically gave me the story of how you started this, and and uh, I'll say that it was the most that night at Eagle Clash for me was like one of the most like. I got to experience the the up north, uh, the hill culture like firsthand, and understand like the the story and the love that you guys have given to the to the business and the and the lifestyle, and uh, it's fucking badass. Yeah, you know, basically, um, I brought everybody together on that in that spot, and we created the Terp Templar, mm-hmm. and it's a group of us um, that we we just come together and we just talk about. Um, strains, and yeah. what we want to grow, and what's good, and we just chop it up because there's no like uh, community cannabis community group that that is doing this. Yeah. Everybody else is basically corporatized cannabis on yeah. a big boy scale, and they came in on this other realm. And there's not many bootstrap dudes. Yeah. And this is to keep the heart in it, you know, with oh with with yeah. everybody that's involved from the beginning to carry that on, you know, like. Who's dis- who's gonna be the guys that are gonna say what's good and what's not? Yeah. If somebody doesn't step up and go, yeah, these are the guys that are doing good. This is why. Yeah, because you know, corporate you know, capitalism isn't gonna head it in the consumer's favor. I'll tell you that much no, for yeah. sure. That yeah. doesn't that doesn't work out. Quality goes out the window as yeah. you as you spread for sure. And if we give it to to if we let some if we let some guy in a suit or somebody in an office decide what what strains the market's going to be after that's that's bad news for smokers for sure. Or if it's just narrowed down to a couple groups, exactly, and they're controlling a majority of the market with um, mediocre or said stuff. And yeah. if you can think of varieties of cannabis, they should all be different. Yeah. And so when you have so many varieties of cannabis and they're a lot similar and you can't, you know, like really tell the difference, it becomes like muddy, like we were yeah. saying, you know. And so um, having really cannabis is an outbreeding plant. Mm-hmm. So having a cannabis plant like this is like the spice of life. And so we can't just settle for whatever a couple groups are going to try to push off as what we want to see. Well, it won't grow. It won't. You it know. won't grow, and it yeah. bottlenecks it down yeah. to where it'll be like a tobacco crop or something exactly. like that. And we don't want that. No, because you know? this want- is the most. I, I tell people that that don't smoke or don't have experience with it when they ask me because it's like commonplace now. And I tell them that it has the most um, amazing and unique turf profile of anything on earth, and that it has so many different flavors and tastes and smells and expressions yeah. of a plant that it's like. It's just unheard of and unreal, you know what I mean? And when I tell people that that aren't familiar, they get it, you know what I mean? I'm like, and you might not know because you're not experienced, but once you get to be experienced at it, it's the most unique thing that's, that, that exists. There's nothing else Very like it. Very unique. There's nothing much. There's nothing, nothing like else it. like it. And yeah, the breeding no. is, is, is the biggest part of it because this is how... You know, it just keeps amazing me every day with these new, new, new strains. As people imagine the guys that hold on to the genetics. Yeah, where's all? If if where we've pushed right now, if people can go on to an online site, and and you can go on and you can look at these breeders and stuff like that, it comes down to what's different, what's new, where's the selection going, mm-hmm. and um, you really have to do your homework these days because when I went to Spain, I learned a lot. I learned that not all seed companies are the same. 
Exactly. Not all just cannabis seed is not the same. Well, I knew that. Yeah. But when I went over there, there was a lot of white labeling going on. Mm-hmm. A lot of well-respected seed companies that, that I'd know that just get seed from somebody else that makes the seed and then resells it. There's yeah. no heart in that. There's yeah. no soul in that. No. And so me, I keep my genetics alive. Yeah. I keep my males alive. I actually do my selections and cross my stuff. Yeah. And I work my lines down further. Yeah. Um, the... And you know what you're looking for, too, because you yeah. have the experience of... with resin heads. I've basically based... Um, I've, I talk about the resin stock mm-hmm. um, and the resin head, okay? And if you look at a, tri- a trike, there's a skin. I was talking about the calloused, yeah. the calloused skin uh-huh. on the resin head. And then um, there's, an, there's an inner jelly, yeah. okay? You know, the, the dab, yeah. you know uh-huh. what I mean? The schmelty. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the right. schmelty. Yeah. And so... Um, the thicker the callus wall, then the less melty the dab is going to be, and then you're going to be wanting to push it into rosin, right? Okay. And so I've bred this resin head that it's not a, a resin head that will just dissolve in water because there's two different types of resin heads. It's not all resin heads are created equal. Uh-huh. There's two different types. There's a wet resin and a tacky resin, uh-huh. okay? And so if you squeeze between your finger, your leaf in your garden, mm-hmm. um, cherry pies... Green Crack, Jack Hare, Trainwreck, yeah. um, Rosé, Sherb, Gelatos, those all have like a wet resin. They do. And, they, and they're like really I can terpy. feel the texture of the nug too. They're turpy. Everything, yeah. The, everything that, it the has lemonade. A, the lemonade's like yeah. a really wet resin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so if you feel like an OG, a Kim, um, Bubba, Sour, um, uh, Skittle, um, a lot of these varieties that I just named, all those varieties, they have a tacky resin, which leaves like a cobweb when you squeeze the leaf and you pull your finger apart yeah. of the leaf, and then you touch your finger together, you'll see strings mm-hmm. connecting. Yeah, exactly. And those are the trikes, yeah. goo, your, your dab, yeah. the schmelty, gooing between your fingers. Uh-huh. And that's because it's not wet, it's tacky. And because the cell wall is keeping the resin head intact. If you've felt resin that's sandy, when you touch it and then you roll it between your fingers and you feel like the grits of sand, yeah. that's a really calloused wall. And it's usually a high in THC mm-hmm. because inside it's really firm. It's not so terpy. Yeah. It's more of a firm resin gland. Okay. And so when you extract it, you'll get less of a terpy extract and you'll get more THC in, in, in waxes and stuff in mm-hmm. those. In those. So um, there's the two types, the wet and the tacky. And so I've bred tacky resin, which is good for all extracts because BHO liquefies the resin and then you you collect it on the other end. Yeah. Ice extract agitates the resin through an agitation and ice water bath mm-hmm. and you separate it through screens. Yeah. And so the one holds firm in the water and the ice and cold and it freezes and holds firm, agitates, breaks off and falls through the different separation screens. The BHO liquefies and goes through the columns and comes out the other side and yeah. you collect the, the, the gold, mm-hmm. okay? And so the tacky resin is good in both um, processing methods. It's just in order to get the high-end solventless extract, you need that tacky resin. You can't get ice extract um, with a wet resin. Okay. And so I've bred that into my genetics as long with, you know, being known for, you know, terps and having new flavors like peach and rose and yeah. skittle and, uh-huh. you know, doing all that stuff too. We got the year of the gack and, yeah. you know, I'm bringing back the sugary. I was telling yeah, you, you were about. telling me about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I, um, I'm excited. Uh, 
I'm excited to run some of your gear too. Um, yeah, big time. You know, uh, you know what you're looking for when you're breeding, and that's dope. You know what I mean? And you know why and and everything about it. It's not just yo, let's let's throw two hype strains in a room together, and or let me just you know what I'm saying? Like that that's thoughtful. It's thoughtful creation. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. that's that's Thank very you. important to get something unique. And uh, it's frustrating when you see a bunch of other stuff that's not too, and you but you just know deep down in your side that that's just a time. That's only going to be there for a time. For yeah, bad, yeah. And so and it comes back things around come and, does and go. And, yeah. and, you know, um, people are not going to, for instance, okay, in the, in, the, in, the, in the 70s and early 80s, there mm -hmm. was Atari. Yeah. Okay. Atari produced um, a lot of games. Mm -hmm. a, lot. It was a little bit before my time, so I didn't really get to play much I didn't really much play of much of it, but yeah, I know I, I was a member of Atari. Nintendo yeah. was my, my Nintendo time. was my thing. I know? remember when Nintendo came out and we got it. It was like the biggest deal and it was dope. Mario Big. Brothers and Duck Hunt, and that shit changed my life. You know? And so the, this, yeah. I always, I'm, I've been, last three months, I've been telling everybody about the, the coincidences between the Atari and the cannabis scene right now. Okay. Um, Atari started producing games. They produced more games. They produced games all the way until they produced an E.T. game. Mm -hmm. And it was about, they had five weeks to produce the game. They came up with a killer commercial. It was awesome. It showed, like, E.T.'s little finger in the game real yeah. clip. And it was a, it sold. Mm -hmm. But before that and around that time, everybody, it was just quick little gimmick. You can get a basketball player on a commercial. Yeah. And then, um, you know, it sold the game. Well, consumers were only hip to that for so long before it crashed. Yeah. They sold uh, like 5 million copies of that Atari game. It was a piece of crap. People found out it was People trash. People found out it was trash, and these games were just weak sauce, and yeah. they got to be so simple that they were just making meaningless games with a cool sticker on the Atari box, and it sold. Well, right about now is the same thing that people are on these bags yeah. So hot that you could just stuff the doo doo in the bag exactly. and, and sell whatever the heck you want out this doo doo bag and come yeah. up with a new doo doo bag next week. Exactly. And so, but right about now, people are hip yeah. and they're going to get tired of these old varieties. Yeah. The same thing shoved in their face with a different wrapper over and over again mm -hmm. and, you know, telling you that it's different when it's not. Yeah. And when people finally start to see different varieties, because these. You know, the, the legal market, it takes a few years for everything mm -hmm. to flatten out, and then you see varieties come back in. Yeah. Old school stuff. Yeah. Classics, yeah. even. Even things that we've seen before. Things but they're always going to... I ran a retail store, so... And this is like 215 days, like deli style. So, look, there's things that I have to have on the shelf to run a shop, a busy shop, but period. Oh, yeah. There's staples that I have patients that that's all they come in for, bro. Jack smokers smoke jack. Yeah. Blue dream blue smokers dream. smoke yeah. blue dream, bro. <laughs> and that's, I have to have a nice one. I don't need a bunch of it, but I need a nice blue dream. I need a nice jack. I need a green crack if I can. We had a good sativa line. Yeah. And I bought everything and could appreciate it. You know what I mean? But like, these are staples. And I know because there's a reason they're staples. They're holy grails. They're, I mean, yeah. Yeah. They, and they so they're going to go away. Of time, they're going to go away, but they're going to come back after yep. time. And so definitely we're going to see that, that flavor and the different. All of those have way different terp profiles too. Awesome, they're completely stuff. different. Different flavors. You think flavors. about cannabis uh, in the past, and you're just like, "Wow, man, we really went through some cool stuff." Yeah, you know, and I um, mean, one of the first time I ever smoked OG was like, it was like, uh, I can still remember the smell and the taste of the very first hit, and be like, "Oh wow, that's like the spark." You know what I mean? For me, being from the valley and down here in LA, like that was the thing. As soon as I got that OG, I was like, "Okay." This is this is different, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 150 this a quarter. I was, yes, and I would yeah. just give it to my like customers, like my regular customers that like, 
I'm like, here, I'm not even going to make money on you on this, but I got like an ace for you. You know what I'm saying? For for hella bank. But that was that shit, bro. It was that like, was what it was. Yeah. In the valley. In the valley, yeah. That OG, In the valley bro. had like banana OG. The banana OG. Uh, Blackberry yeah. Kush. Master Kush, Bubba Kush, OG, yeah. the $100 OG, uh-huh. the fucking, I mean, they had, like, you'd come down yeah. to the valley, and the valley had, like, Kush, 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 OG. That was our yeah, shit. It was, like, gas, yeah. you know, like, yeah. sour. Like, and, but it was, like, all the real stuff. Yeah. Like, there is no variety on a shelf now in California on this legal market has kind of crippled a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And then you see breeders that are trying to make it, too. Well, they're tying our hands in a lot of ways, too, because we were talking about this earlier that, like, when you have to run testing and and if if you basically if you do variety, they're monocropping the industry. Yeah, of course. They're monocropping, which is isn't for us or isn't for the consumer. No, it's for corporate profit. Yeah. It's for it's it's for capitalism. That's we what don't it is. enjoy just growing a few different things. No, I like I, filling a room up with different shit. That shit's dope. I always have. And hey, people in LA would tell me I'm fucking stupid for like, look, I had shops, so I would grow for the shelf. Yeah. So I would think about it like that. But yeah, am I hurting on yield because I'm not just running OG? Am I hurting on money because I'm not just running a room full of OG? Fuck yeah. Is it fun? But I like doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but this is the thing. Also, what if a dude only grew OG for fucking 15 years and then the market changed? See, I knew how to grow other plants, too, because I was, I ran everything. Yeah, Fuck yeah. it. I'll you just trip, put it in a room. I'll try it. I'll tell you what. If you just grow one type of strain, one yep, variety, no. you're, you're, on, you're, not, you're losing out. Like, I know how to trim and prune all styles. Different types of plants. Plants, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because there's different ways. They have structural they differences, and they have, and they have, they have, but there's unique varieties, and they don't have to taste the same, but they can be structured the same. There's that structure of a plant that, like, you know, this Big one time. stretches, doesn't like to branch out, this one so is. It's a three-time on the flip, it'll stretch, yeah. boop, boop, boop. Yeah, know? that's it, you know, so, so you know. Is it going to double, or is it yeah, going to triple? You exactly. Know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking dope. Yeah. Um, tell me how you got started growing, bro. I want to hear that story, and I'm sure the listeners do, too, because you're from... Oh. You're from the culture culture, and uh, you've been on the farm since you were a kid. And, yeah, and, my uh, mom was one of the first patients uh, in California. She had uh, degenerative disc disease, DDD, uh-huh. and so she was friends with, like, um, early on with, like, some pioneers. She threw uh, seed on the courtyard with Jack Hare yeah. and, um, uh, you know, like, I, you know, she was friends with Eddie Lepp, and I remember going by the house and just— hanging you know and she'd get medicine from him and she grew in 97 she had a, her uh her six or uh, was it like six or 12 plants she was allowed in the backyard in willets and she yeah. had to go to the sheriff's department get this little laminated yeah. uh, yellow card from the sheriff's the real office. 215 days yeah the beginning. And is is and, and then they led into the zip tie program and stuff mm-hmm. like that and then it was the 9.31 99 plant program with the zip ties changed the game that built and the then, industry yeah i'm sure you heard of these yeah these times yeah, yeah. And um, so I kind of grew up amongst a dying breed, yeah. so to say. The, the original generation, the pioneers, the real pioneers the, yeah, of the, of they, the cannabis the people that, community. Yeah, big time, man. You know, these people really pushed the envelope. In 2004, yeah. I was part of a 25-acre grow um, in Upper Lake, California. And, and uh, you know, we all played a part in it. You know, we, we all were there. We all, you know, did our piece. And... It, it, was, 20, it was 25 acres. That's huge. Yeah, the cops stopped counting at, um, I think it was like uh, 80,000 plants or whatever. 80,000 plants. Yeah, it was like they stopped counting. Shit, you know? yeah. And it was it was on two pieces of the highway, two sides of the highway. <laughs> they tried to stick Eddie with like four life sentences plus 10 years and uh, all this. Uh, four life sentences, you know? It's bro. just like, <laughs> uh, 
for a plant, you know, anyway. Yeah. And this is before. Now you look back, and this guy did 10 years in prison. Yeah. And then he got out, and then you look back, and this guy's looking around at fields of weed. It's crazy. How's, how's I, it make here, I'll tell you a story you know, about like, that. A dude came from Florida, a friend of mine, right? And I took him to the Roosevelt because you're staying there, you told me. Yeah, the Roosevelt. Um, and we were at the pool, and this is during the summer. And his boy had just got out. He did 12 years in the feds for trafficking, for marijuana, for, you know, for... Yeah. Marijuana, marijuana for cannabis. Yeah, yep. exactly. And he got there and we're sitting on the fucking Roosevelt patio roasting like it's LA like this This is what we do and the dude I could see in his eyes and he's it's looking like at me and he's mother. tripping out Locker, He's like yeah. he's like bro. I just spent like I, I'm watching you guys and I get it but like I just spent I literally got out like two weeks ago and uh, And he's like I just spent 12 years inside for fucking for for this shit and he's like I'm tripping out cuz Now it's everywhere like it's nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah it's got to stop. It's it's a uh, it's and, you bad know, news. There's you know you got to show some homage to these people. You know where where are in the industry? Do you in any other business does do these do these people not get you know paid homage to? Yeah. You know, like where what other what other what other industry or business or anything do the, you don't give these forefathers? You know, like the credit, the credit man. due to the fact that we get to do this every day because there's some shit they did before. Yeah, you really. Know, like, you know, I yeah, I think about it a lot, man. You know, it's it's a wild world and how fast this has moved. I remember in 2004, they said uh, Jack and Eddie said five years, and it'll be legal. Five years, and you know, it came and went, but it wasn't too long after that that no. it did go. You yeah, know, and, and so it. they were right. They weren't right about the time, exactly, but they, right. but they were right. It always takes a little bit longer than you think. Yeah. That's what I tell people, too. It's like so much white tape and uh, red tape and, and different stuff to get over to, like, make this an acceptable thing. You know what I mean? So it definitely takes a little bit of time for these squares to, like, yeah, to realize that, one, you know, it's an amazing opportunity for everybody, you know? It's it's a great resource and uh it's and you definitely gotta get something some that fresh be. minds on some of these spots too of power, yeah. you know, getting some fresh thoughts and and stuff too. You know, the, these people are making rules on based upon how people felt fifty years ago doesn't really help nowadays. Exactly. You I was know? you know, and I was so, watching the debate the other day and it's kinda what all I could think of was the fact that I'm like I I looked at my girl and I was like, yo, we need to set age limits on, on, and no disrespect to somebody that's like sound of mind that's uh, getting older, but it's not fresh, bro. And what it's it is, not, is that, yeah. is that once you get to a certain age, you can't. So you're going to be you, holding on to your old thoughts. Basically. It's not just yeah. that, but you can't understand the, the, not your kid's generation, but the next generation. Yeah. You understand? So there's this gap, and the old way is on its way out, and the new future is, is, there's is coming in. There's changes and adjustments. There's changes. And sometimes so you gotta, people in in these positions maybe want to hold on to these things a little longer than others. Look, we're so humans. We're like creatures yeah. of habit. I get it. It's yeah. scary. No, and, yeah. and people don't like, you know, nobody Change. wants different stuff. Yeah. They want to feel comfortable, and they want to feel safe. But right now we're in times that are... Uh, the exact opposite of comfortable and safe. It's everybody's on ease. Uh, everybody's uh, uneasy. Everybody's on edge. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of fear. A lot of stuff going on in the media and uh, in life in general. I mean, you experienced it coming over from from Spain. So, it uh, yeah, we definitely need to get some fresh eyes on some shit because what we're doing ain't working. That's obvious. Yeah, man, exactly. And that applies so, yeah. to our industry and everything. I I, uh, I grew up in Northern California. I'm yeah. a fourth generation Mendocino County third-generation cannabis farmer. Yeah, that's um, where you get the third-gen. Yeah, yeah. So, like, my mom uh, and my parents grew, and then my grandparents grew, too. Amazing. And um, they built the house there in, like, 68. Uh, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, 
Willits yeah. up on Pine Mendocino. Mountain. Yeah, Mendocino County, mm-hmm. Willits. And um, we had our, uh, you know, our other extended family in Laytonville come over on the weekends and they helped build my uh, great-grandparents' house. Yeah, and amazing. Then, yeah. And so my, my great-grandparents lived there, uh, my grandparents, uh, my parents and me. Wow. So, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And that's the land, uh, that's the, the, the nursery that you were talking about, right? Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, it's up the ways. It's actually not that spot. So, Willits is down the ways. We have our property yeah. now in Leggett. Okay. So, it's it's like 20 minutes up the way. Yeah. So, yeah. Third generation cannabis farmer. It's amazing. Um, so, you know, like, I when we when I started, like, we didn't have a brand. Yeah. You know, like well, I no, said. You, you know, seen I, the original. The original. I remember that. Yeah, we yeah, had flavors. We, we there was on. no real brands in the business at all. That's oh, even the early yeah. 2000s, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a business yet. No. <laughs> it was it was still like some yeah it was a hustle it was a big hustle yeah and it was a different a different lifestyle you know we some lived on the shit. gray side of the market yeah you know, there was a gray line and if you had a good lawyer you can get out of it yeah you know what I mean they yeah. they may arrest you they may take your stuff you, you know but, but you're gonna be all right you ain't going to prison right. for the rest yeah, of your exactly. life exactly you're gonna get you out know what I mean they may not get it back because doing the shit we're talking about prior to that day you go to you're going to prison forever bro oh yeah there ain't no getting out. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? There ain't no getting out. And that's that, what's hard to think about, too, because I didn't really grow. I remember the thousand, the thousand, the federal thousand plant thing. The, By 2004 yeah. and everything, we had already lived into Prop um, 215. Yeah. And so uh, prior to Prop 215, I was younger. And mm-hmm. I didn't experience that, you know, on that level. I've been watering plants since I was three years old. Crazy. Calling them turtles so I wouldn't yeah. go to school and I wouldn't get, you know, I want my pants where water the plants, you know, I, yeah. I water the turtles. Yeah, that sounds more legit. You exactly. Know what I mean? And so, like, but I didn't know and everything. So, but, you know, it, it's changed. Part of the deal. There was no businesses. There was no nothing like that, you yeah. know. Um, as a trip, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, Moonshine Melts and uh, the brand and what you see for the future and what you guys got coming. So moonshine melts, man. Um, uh, you know the brainchild of yeah. the operation. You know, the, and the hash hash is back, bro. Hash is king right now again. It is. BHL came back on the scene a little bit, but like you know, that is like the the creme de la creme of of the the industry at the moment. So, yep. And you're the king of that of that field. I appreciate it, man. You were just like totally. Yeah. Uh, I was nerding out earlier because you were explaining all the resin gland stuff to me. It's like incredible. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, you've you've. You've got to do it in a way that most people don't get to see that type of stuff. I'm lucky to wash large amounts. Yeah. And 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 at an early on age. Exactly. You know, um, and then uh, experimenting. You mm-hmm. know, with the help from other friends along the way and their techniques and stuff, we've molded yeah. this to something that's really crazy. You know, and nowadays the price of hash never used to be what it is. Nowadays, when you wash whole plant fresh frozen. You wash fire material, yeah. and it's like indoor nug run water water. It's worth the the weight in gold. It's worth more than gold right now. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it's amazing to see the price go from twelve dollars a gram for bubble hash to you know fifty, sixty, eighty, or more dollars a gram, hundred, hundred and fifty dollars. You know, I've yeah. seen grams of 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 resin heads sell for two hundred fifty bucks a gram. You know, like. So when you see stuff like that, you're like, holy cow. And that's because of terpenes, mm-hmm. the cleanliness, you know, the, 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 um, your separation process on yeah. how you make it, you know, um, there's a couple people in the game that are really awesome, 
yeah. do really good, you know, a few people mm-hmm. in the game that do really good work, you know. Um, I wouldn't say I'm the best. I would just say that maybe I've been doing it a long time and I've won the most awards yeah. and I've uh, brought out some 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 nice flavors mm-hmm. and, and, and really brought that up. We brought the price up. Uh, I remember when we brought it up from like 15 to 20 to 35 to 50 bucks a gram to yeah. the shops and then yeah. the shops would sell it for 100. Yeah. You know, and so for a hash maker, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, because otherwise it wouldn't be feasible to wash whole plant fresh frozen. No, it doesn't make and sense. It, ha- it doesn't make sense. The farmers will laugh at you. You you know, like me, I grow my own. So yeah. it's like, I'll just sell it as flour. You yeah. know what I mean? So um, it's easier. Yeah. And so, you know, back in the day, there was only like three plants that made hash. Okay. Okay. There was sour. Uh-huh. We had Bubba. Yeah. Uh, then cookies came. Yeah. It was like OG. Yeah. You know, those were the ones. Yeah. There was not much. Then we were able to understand and try more varieties and go, okay, these ones wash well in water. These ones yield good. And that's how we've bred. You've and, bred and, for, and for making hash. Yes. Yeah. And I've, I've, that's how I've um, found out about the two types of resin mm-hmm. and just from trial and error and how to fill the tacky ones and which ones are wet and no good. You know and right away from touching it usually? Yes, I can walk a field and I'm 99.9 all the time on whether it can make hash or not. Fresh you know what you're looking for. Yes. Yeah. I just can't tell you one thing. How much hash? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I could do that. Yeah, yeah. If I could tell you how much hash we're getting here. Now we're... Now, we're, now, yeah. now we got an interesting... Then, uh, yeah, then I could charge for my services on that yeah. end. You know, walk through, brrr, you know, you get I'll bet, I'll bet you had a, uh, uh, you got a pretty good idea, though. You know what you're looking for. Yeah, you know... You're one if, of the most if, educated... You're, you're one of the most actually educated on the subject people that that i've ever talked to about it you know what i mean you know more about that actual uh that approach than than anybody i've ever talked to it's cool um i i love uh you've been dropping gems all day just like you know one conversation to the next you know what i mean there's so much history and stories there from up there and uh I'm glad that uh, I got to have you on. I didn't think I was ever going to get to sit down with you here at the studio because you live in Mendo and we're busy and got a million things going on and kids and family. It's tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I literally was talking to Andrew. I asked him, I was like, I want to, I want to get a setup for the road because I want to be able to go, go, go up to the farm and see you and fucking record a show real quick. It's easier. Like a lot of these guys, I know everybody's running businesses all over the place and I want to get everybody on the show, but it's like. Not anybody can come to Woodland Hills. You know what I mean? We all got we all got jobs and lives and shit. Yeah, and you know I'm what I mean? Nine hours or so. Exactly. Away, 10 yeah, hours yeah. Away, and that shit's a trip, bro. Yeah. That's a that's a long trip. I just did that drive actually. I went up to uh, Portland to see Seven Hundred Seven Grow. See John up there to yeah, get some help cuts. Yeah. And I so I I went up to Portland and then I drove straight back down US One, and that's a fucking that was my first time driving it myself. But it was a long ass. That's a long ass drive. Beautiful, but it's long. One hundred one, or you went five. I I, I took the five up. But then I came back. I took the yeah, and then I went took the coast. Yeah, it's a little windier and it takes yeah. some time, but it's a beautiful drive. Beautiful drive. It? Well, you know, I five is straight. It's yeah. surreal. You know, the whole yeah. way down from Frisco. And there's a up, lot of different. There's down. a lot of different climates too. Oh, that yeah. I, it's so beautiful that yeah. like you go through all of these different. You go through Salinas, areas. the Salad Bowl. Yeah. You go through up for Frisco. You hit the redwood trees up yeah. north. You and get then you, drip. you get what California has to offer that route. Yeah. It's beautiful. The redwoods are crazy. I was I was tripping out on the. The way they bend the they bend the the road around the redwoods exactly yeah, that's in uh, Richardson Grove yeah that's just north of Piercy California right uh-huh. right, right on the Humboldt County border right yep. there Humboldt Mendocino County exactly right there, right yeah. there. Um, really fucking cool yeah that's amazing I live right there in uh, Leggett 
where the, they have the tree that's so large, they cut a hole in it, and so you, can you can drive, drive through, through it. it. Yeah. Yeah, so we that's our that's town you, is okay, the drive-through cool. tree. There's no is stop it? sign or no yeah, yeah. light. And gas station, Bob, he's the, the gas station attendant down there. He's where the Skittles came from. He's the yeah. Skittles originator. Uh-huh. You know, so um, he just comes at ding, ding. He comes out, pump your gas. He's a cool dude, you know. Where is a... I was driving through, um, it was funny, my, my girl, she was asleep in the car, and we were driving through, uh, Laytonville? Where does Sticker Farmer have that shop Yeah, at? Laytonville. It's in Laytonville, yeah, right? So right I'm, on the corner? Yeah, yeah. So we stopped, and those two, two motels right there, I was tired as fuck, but I drove from Portland straight to there, and I was like, and, and no stopping, and I was like, I was exhausted, I had drove the whole trip, and I was like, I stopped at the one on the right, coming down the 101, the motel, and she was like... She was like, we're not staying here. And I'm like, she's creeped out. She was like, oh, dude, it's up. wild in that town. Yeah, yeah, of course, bro. She was, but she was, I was telling her about Humboldt when we were driving through, driving through Eureka and shit. And then she, like, I started talking about just like, you know what I mean? She was just getting the vibe. So we stopped there and she just woke up out of nowhere. So I took her across the street and she was like, I was like, how about this one? She said, she said, no. And I was like, I was like, the one Fuck. with the Pony Express yeah, sign. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Dude, yeah. She was like, no, and no I was like, way. fuck, well, you're not driving. And yeah. I said, fuck, I just, I drove, uh... Another 30 minutes and hit Willits or what? Uh, no, we went past Willits, too. What's the next one? Ukiah. Ukiah, yeah, we That's went to Ukiah, and yeah. I stopped at the, the, like, the... Fuck, was it like a uh, Hampton Inn or Motel it was the one? On, it was something. Motel Eight. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, Super Eight, and that's not much better either. No, bro, that but was she wild was like, up. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, Ukiah is wild. She right woke now. up and she was all hell. No, this yeah. is this is the way scary movies start. I stop it here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, it's wild. Oh, that was funny as shit. Yeah. So oh. yeah, the the um, the NorCal vibe is a different vibe too. You yeah, know, and especially if you're not used to it, especially you come from the city, it's it's a it's intense, bro. It's, it's a whole intense. other world it's up there. Woodsy. It's you very feel woodsy. Alone. You're not yeah. surrounded by concrete or yeah. nothing like that. You're in, you know, middle of nowhere. You're in the middle of nowhere. And when I said Leggett, ain't nobody, right ain't nobody coming is, for you up there either. That's nah, the type of. You, you can go. Yeah. That's Leggett where we're at, Laytonville. Mm-hmm. You can go far, you know, like a couple hours north. And you can go like an hour so south, and you're not gonna hit like, uh, uh, um. Uh, Sorry, uh, uh, you're not hitting no stoplights, no, yeah. no nothing. Yeah, you know, for a long way. So you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, literally. So, <laughs> yeah, in the middle of nowhere. Basically, uh, Humboldt County, uh, Trinity, and Mendocino County create the Emerald Triangle. Yeah, and um, it's a it's a ways out there, and you take these dirt roads that all lead to this one point where the three counties actually meet. There is actually a point where the three counties meet, and they call that the center of the triangle. And it, uh, it's way out on Island Mountain, mm-hmm. um, which is is where the fire is actually burning right now up there and everything. Yeah, the fuck, complex man. fire is like the one of the large. It's the largest fire in the state, I think now. Yeah, it's, in the it's heartbreaking, bro. It's yeah. It's, I know you've been dealing with it up too at your spot. Just like the un the uneasiness. Like there's not enough going on in life, but to then worry about all your shit that you've been working for catching on fire and having to leave and and deal with the friends losing yeah, spots. You Bring up Talk trailers. about the seed thing you're going to do for the fire for the fire Thank victims. You. Yeah. yeah. So um, I talked with my pops the other day, and I talked with my a couple of my other buddies, you know, just to get some some feedback on if I was thinking the right thing. And um, I have a couple hundred thousand seeds that I'm going to uh, donate um, to these people that have been burned out. Yeah. You know, so they fire can, victims. So they can so they can grow a crop. Yeah. And actually get back, um, get back on get back on it. You yeah. know, a lot of these people 
uh, didn't have fire insurance. Yeah. Or or they lost their home and everything. And That's for all you people that always say, oh, well, insurance. Well, this is the story, bro. Some of, some of these people ain't got insurance. A lot of them. And even if they insurance. do, it's not like you're getting people, a check tomorrow and everything's okay. Some people, their insurance cut them. Yeah. And uh, some people, the coverage went so high they couldn't afford it, too. Yeah, because it's and obviously dangerous. It's dangerous. And then you don't expect your place to burn down. You don't no. pay it for a couple years or, you know, oh, I'm not paying it. And then your place burns down. Yeah. Or you lost a crop. Nobody's, there's no insurance for your crop. No. You know, like, oh, your crop got burned on or we jumped this phosphate from the from the helicopters on and your stuff's ruined now or whatever. You're smoked out and ash is ruining your stuff. Yeah. You're not really going to get much from that. That's yeah. a, that's a loss year, you yeah. know? And so 100%. you got to, you know, there's ways to help, you know, and that's like one way that I can help, you know, I'm Good. I'm just a normal dude, just like everybody else. You're going to give away a couple you know? hundred thousand seeds and all the work that's going to be created from it to get back into the... That's an amazing thing. Yeah, man. Um, it was about 10 pounds of seeds. That's crazy. Yeah. A lot of seeds. Yeah, yeah, a lot of seeds. Yeah, that's good, bro. Um, yeah, I'm excited to uh, to see that come to fruition. And, and you know, it, I think that's a good, a really good step to, to, to get people it's, back on their feet, you know? It's just to, you know... I don't want nothing for it, man. You know, like, no, I, it's just, heart, to, it's just to help these people, dude, because, you know, like, you can give somebody a few thousand seeds, and then they can actually grow them, cull out the males, water and sunshine and some fertilizer, and they have hardy, strong, clean, bug-free, healthy bud that is ready to crop in, in a few months. Yeah. Right after this rain comes and washes, you know, all the... The, the shit away and we get a nice beautiful spring they'll be good you know what I mean yeah. and even if some of these people have to camp out or stay at other people's families for that time there's ways for them to still get back on their feet at that time amazing you know what I mean that, yeah. that you're giving something a couple thousand seeds could make them you know a new home exactly that's a new home yeah you know so good man that's amazing um Tell me about the, the, you were telling me about the trees, the way they're catching on fire and what's accelerating these wildfires up there because you're very educated on it and you're from, uh, you're from. I've been fighting these fires for a long time up there since these things took down Middletown years ago and then it, they seem like they took down a, a, a city every year, you know, yeah. Santa Rosa and it's just been like five or six years of just. Fires. Fires, bro. Yeah. You know, wildfires. And not just dinky fires. It seems back in the day, they would be able to get a fire out. You know, you'd see a fire on the hillside. Oh, some smoke over there, you know, and they'd get it out. Right, you know, we've seen fires when yeah. we were kids and yeah. when we were younger and stuff, and then we weren't we weren't threatened by them. It wasn't no, like nowadays a thing. you hear towns burning down. Yeah, paradise. Uh -huh. You hear all these places just burning. You know what I mean? And people dying. It. Yeah. It's, you never. I never heard this before. No. So I don't know what's going on, man. But um, I learned a lot this last couple of years. The fires when they get going, a lot of these forests and stuff are unmaintained. Mm -hmm. So for a fire to get going. Uh, in the forest and gets burning, it's hard to put out. A uh, national forest, land, uh, Mendocino National Forest, stuff yeah. like that. Uh, there's a lot of unmaintained forest for many, many years. And they don't allow nobody to log or nobody clean it up. Yeah. And then you have a lot of fuel for these fires. Mm -hmm. So um, when a fire gets burning really hot, it can get off of the ground and out of the grass and up in the tree. And it's called getting into the crown of the tree. Mm -hmm. You have a stalk and a stump. And then you have, I keep doing that. Yeah, <laughs> you have like a, a, a tree that comes out. It's like an, a, a shade, an yeah. umbrella. And so basically, 
um, when it gets up into the tree, it burns all the fuel, like the dead lower branches. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, if you grow weed, you know, you trim the lowers. Yeah, you clean up. So all the lowers so and healthy. all the under-rundle. Yeah, and that's yeah. what has to be maintained for a forest. You want to go to a park and they have it cleaned up 10, 15 feet or so yeah. off the ground, all the uh, debris off the ground, everything is clean. The trees nice. Are, they're maintained. They have an arborist come through and maintain the trees. They pull anything that's dead. They don't leave um, any dried, dried dead it's fuel Basically out there. tinder for a fire tinder, is what yeah. it is. And so um, when it gets going hot, it'll get up into the crown of the tree. These trees are 100 feet tall, 100 plus feet tall. You know, you have a fire that gets into the crown of the tree burning so hot, then burning another 100 feet above the tree. So you get flames reaching almost 300 feet tall. These big, loud, loud, tall, like, plumes that just these flares, these they just come up. And when you see that, that's just a sight to see because the heat from this, I'm talking when you're near a fire, you feel the heat from ways away. Yeah. It's not like, oh, there's a fire over there. When they get going hot, you feel the heat. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when you see the tree line go on fire and then you see flames jumping another 100 plus feet above the tree line. Yeah. That's wild. And it sends this massive mushroom clouds of plumes of smoke into the air and the atmosphere and, and ashes flying for you know, All the way miles. down to Los Angeles, bro. Yeah, miles, I mean, we had ash miles. on cars. It was blocked out the sun for three days, smoke, and that's that's a long ass trip. There was a lot of fires around us, San Diego as well, but and uh, they get so, blowing and it, it just goes. We had so the complex fire, and in Northern California, every year we have lightning strikes, mm-hmm. and this is nothing new because yeah. I had a lightning fire. They had a lightning complex fire across from my property. The fire line was like one mile on the next ridge, but it was. Um, it was just three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And so this is not new. We have um, lightning strike fires. This year, though, I think there was like hundreds. Yeah, it was and crazy. And it created hundreds of little fires. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think nothing of it. One night I went from Cloverdale. We have a dog shop. And I was going north to the ranch. And um, I stopped in Hopland to fill up my gas and everything. And there's these firefighters pulling in and I'm like talking to them. Hey man, I was going and they had a couple little spot fires that you've seen, you know, this little smoke way off in yeah, the yeah. distance. And it didn't even look more like a, um, a campfire, yeah. you know, smoke. But, um, and they're like, yeah, we have a couple here and there's a couple out by Lake Sonoma. And I was like, oh yeah, I heard about that. And I cruised on, but, um, that lightning fire strikes just decimated Northern California. And they got so large, a couple of them grew together, you know, oh, and bro. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, your property was was spared. I mean, I know I know other people's weren't, but but I'm glad that you guys yeah. made it through it. And uh, the seed giveaway is going to be incredible to get these people back on their feet. And yeah. uh, we got to go. But thank you, bro. I'm I feel blessed to to you know sit down and talk the game with you. And uh, this was so uh, unexpected. And the best things in life are always unexpected. But the, uh, to have you here today is incredible. And thanks well, for that. We call that organic. That's organic. organic. That's yeah. what it is. That's organic. You can't, yeah, you can't beat yeah. organic. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, thank you again for having me, man. Yep. One love. Um, check thank out Brandon the, at, at Third Gen too. Family Farms. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no problem. My pleasure, yeah. brother. That's what, you know, that's what I have to give. You know what I mean? And I'm glad that, yeah. that people still are happy about it, you know? Yeah, big dog. Um, but yeah, yeah, go ahead and shout out your uh, your social tags for people to find you uh, and the brand. Third, third Gen Family Farms, uh, Third Gen Family, Dying Breed Seeds, Moonshine Melts, 
uh, Terpy Van Winkle. That's the delivery service. Yeah, Terpy Van Winkle, Compassionate Heart Distribution. Uh-huh. Um, you know, all my crew, I'd like to give a shout out to my boys in the Hash Lab holding it down. Uh, Moonshine Melts holding it down Mendocino County, my boy Nico. And and all the fellas, man. Thank you guys. My pops on the hill, my That's lady, right. my family, my kids. Coolest shit. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me, big dog. This is rad. Super rad. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Yo. We out. Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.